This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the virtues of Dhul-Hijjah. So the most prominent practice that we have within these 10 days is obviously the Eid of the sacrifice, Eid al-Adha. It's the sacrifice itself. And it is the sacrifice of Ibrahim alayhi salam that we are commemorating. But there's something very deep about the Eid of the sacrifice or the sacrifice itself and the meaning of the Udhiyah. So Udhiyah or sacrifice in particularly in the, in the pre-Islamic context used to be done to the idols that they would bring to the Kaaba and they would surround the house of Ibrahim alayhi salam, the house that Ibrahim alayhi salam built for Allah. They would surround it with idols and then they would sacrifice to those idols. And this is very embedded in the aspect of worship that used to be carried out. And for us, we find in the Quran where Allah mentions, قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Say, verily my prayer and my sacrifice, my life and my death are all for the sake of Allah. So the fact that Allah would even put sacrifice in the same category as salah, as prayer here, shows you really how deeply embedded this was in worship to the idols and in the way that they would offer sacrifices to the idols. So what is it with the sacrifice and what do we take from the sacrifice? There is a deep meaning in the Abrahamic way, in the way of Ibrahim salam. It's obviously uh, embedded in Judeo-Christian thought, in, Christ, in, in, in Jewish thought with Ibrahim salam, in Christian thought, you know, even calling Isa Jesus peace be upon him, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of Allah. For us, we look at this as first and foremost a means of drawing close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's honoring the one God that there is only sacrifice to the one God. And also it's a means of drawing close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the word qurbani, qurb, which by the way is the same word in Hebrew uh, that the Jews would use. Muslims also would say qurbani, qurbani, qurbani in Arabic is to draw close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's a means of honoring the one God. It's a means of coming close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And Ibn Umar narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam used to offer a sacrifice for all 10 years that he lived in Medina. So every one of the 10 years he lived in Medina, he would sacrifice sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that's significant because the Prophet only did one hajj in the ninth year of the hijjah. Uh, but I'm sorry, the ninth year uh, after hijrah, but he offered sacrifice every one of those years. Just like he fasted Arafah from the second year after hijrah onwards, the Prophet Sallallahu was still practicing the Uthiyah and still practicing the fasting of Arafah even before the Hajj came. Now, the benefit of the one offering the sacrifice, not trimming their nails or not trimming their hair, any of their hair or their body hair, is significant too. Now, if any of you have been to Umrah or Hajj, you know that when you're in a state of ihram, there are certain prohibitions for you, so you're not allowed to take from your hair or your nails as you're in that state of ihram. Likewise, when a person is in that state or in the state of going to offer a sacrifice, for the first 10 days of the hijjah they're not allowed to take from their hair or their nails until after the sacrifice is done. Now, what's the significance of that? One, it connects us to the people in Hajj. It connects us to the people in Ihram. And a lot of times we have a hard time connecting to those people. So the one offering the sacrifice is like the one who's in a state of Ihram. Another benefit that a shawkani rahimullah mentions in Nadal Autar, that just like the person who, uh, who's in Ihram is completely ransomed from the punishment of Jahannam on the day of judgment, likewise, it is like saying every single part of you is freed and ransomed and uh, and, and, and protected from punishment on the day of judgment, bin the night ta'ala. 
if it is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's freeing your entire body from punishment uh, and, and ransoming yourself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you offer that sacrifice. Who is the person that is to abide by this? It's the person offering the sacrifice, not necessarily the one carrying it out. What does that mean? If I delegate someone else to sacrifice on my behalf, but I am the one offering the sacrifice, that person is not the one subject to the prohibitions. I am. Okay? So the person who's offering the sacrifice on behalf of themselves and their family. So not the one that's carrying it out, nor the one that it's being, being carried out on their behalf. It's the one who's offering the sacrifice that would have to abide by those prohibitions so that they too could inshallah ta'ala benefit from the full reward. And of course, everyone that's being offered on behalf of also enjoys the same reward. And this is from the wisdoms of it. Lastly, and I think it's very beautiful that in our religion, uh, we have two Eids. We have these two sacrifices. I'm sorry, these two feasts. And when we have Eid al-Fitr, which is the Eid after the month of Ramadan, the fast of Ramadan, you have Zakat al-Fitr. You have a charity that is due on everyone that can afford it to pay for the feast of someone else, of another family. So all of the Muslims are supposed to give Zakat al-Fitr. The able Muslims are supposed to give Zakat al-Fitr so that they are not the only ones that get to enjoy Eid, but the entire community gets to feast on that day, even if they're not able to feast throughout the year. Likewise, here you have on Eid al-Adha, a, requ- you know, a requirement or a sunnah, a practice in which a person who can offer a sacrifice is to offer a sacrifice, and then that meat is distributed so that other people can feast as well, that typically would not be able to feast. And in a lot of countries, Muslim countries and places where the sacrifices take place, many people would only eat uh, from, uh, from, you know, from uh, an animal that day in particular. They would not be able to afford it throughout the year, but that's the only day that they get to eat from the udhiyah, to eat from the sacrifice. And so everyone gets to feast on that day, even the poor who are typically left out. And so it's just beautiful that both of the Eids uh, require us to include the wider community that typically does not get to celebrate. Everyone should celebrate on this day and everyone should have the means to celebrate on this day. So just like an Eid al-Fitr, if you can pay it so that someone else can enjoy it, you must. And likewise with Eid al-Adha, if you can offer a sacrifice so that others can enjoy that sacrifice, enjoy the, the, the meat of that sacrifice and feast as well, then you should do it. And that allows the entire community to truly enjoy Eid together. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to see the benefits of it in this life and in the next and join us with our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam and all of the Prophets in the highest level of Jannah al-Firdaus. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullahu khayran. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.